Hello, everybody. Welcome to Self-Evident Podcast. You got the mass dog over here. You got Mike over here. We've got a guest. Paul G. Paulie G is in Represent. the house. Okay, so you guys got to know something about Paul Garner. Paul Garner is probably, well, if don't, not the smartest guy in the room. The smartest don't, one. The don't, smartest. Don't say it. Well, Kristen's actually the smartest person in the yeah. room. Eh. Much better. Yeah. But Paul is here because <laughs> we're, we've been talking a lot about this, uh, especially last week. We really hit on the whole Marxist theory, yeah. the whole Marxist ideology. We're going to be talking about cultural Marxism as it comes out. And then uh, we're going to do this in three parts. So last week was Marxism, cultural Marxism today, what, how that affects uh, society. And then we're going to talk about what's the church's response to Marxism? What's biblical about Marxism? <laughs> Spoiler alert, nada. Okay, so you ruined it. They right, don't even right, have to tune that's, in tomorrow. That is Why next bother? week's part. That's next week's <laughs> podcast in a nutshell. Nothing church about it. So, um, why are we talking about this? It's very, very simple. Um, there are so many lies being promulgated by the media, uh, by governments, even uh, certain people who are running these organizations like Black Lives Matter, uh, mm -hmm. all these things. And guys, listen to me. Black Lives Matter is not being run by the people who really care about black lives. They're no. really Marxists. Yeah. And so really what we're here to do is show you how this is really affecting society and culture. Yeah, and you've noticed kind of a trend with us. Uh, we we want to take on social issues to some extent to really put it in relation with Scripture. Yeah. Now, last week we did individual versus collectivism. Yeah. We really talked about how... does that line up with scripture this week it's more of a focus on what yep. is marxism and the reason for that is because you have to know you hear the word all the time everybody hears this word marxism 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 what is it oh it it becomes a a an invisible boogeyman yeah, that sure does, nobody man. really understands is it there is it not so then it ends up being well everybody talks about it but i don't see it so it must not be true we're going to dispel that tonight and we're going to show you what is it well, why is it important? Why Truth. does it matter? It's it's not just another political philosophy. It's not just something that people have have a a support for, and so they kind of vote for that party, and they hope a couple of policies get put in. It's not a policy thing. It's an entire way and system sure thing. Is, it changes everything. It's it's a virus. It really is. I'm going to put that down right now. It is a virus sure is, exactly. in the world. Exactly. Oh, totally. Yeah. Totally. I mean, if you think about it, um, Vladimir Lenin, uh, the first um, uh, communist leader of the Soviet Union, he was the one that said that socialism is really just a step toward communism. Absolutely. But Marxism is actually the root step before socialism. So Marxism to socialism to communism, that is the path we're on. Yeah, absolutely. And that's that's why we want to point it out to you guys of like, we're on this path. We really are. And we're actually farther mm -hmm. ahead than you think. And the reason we're going to bring up BLM tonight mm -hmm. is because it's it's a shroud. It really is a shroud for Marxism. And we're going to prove that to you guys. So you guys ready to get into it? We yeah, are. Exactly. Um, I do have to answer one question. Carol Hayes has messaged us probably three, four times. I'm sorry, Carol, that we haven't got to you, but hmm. let me just address this right now real fast before we get into this Marxism question. It, it, yeah. Bring so it, it says, this, please address the upcoming county meetings and how to address them from a Christian perspective. Meeting is Wednesday in St. Lucie County for Martin County. It's going to yeah. be Thursday. I'm glad you um, brought that up. Here, here's, here's my one and only response. The Christian answer is the constitutional one. Um, who gives you life, liberty, and property? Who ordains that is God. And so when you look at the scope of power overall, and I'm just going to answer from uh, the meetings that I've been to at Martin County and things like that. We've heard the sheriff say many times, um, I enforce state law, so state law is state law. There is no state law to mandate government to make us wear masks. There should never be that anyways, which actually makes you question the war on drugs and other things. Uh, totally. Regulation yeah. and all these regulations that Topic have come for out another day. that people never listen to <laughs> anyway, <laughs> right? Just like speed limits. People don't listen to that stuff, dude. Yeah. Matter of fact, I see cops all the time. Just eh, whatever. I, They're going 16 to 45. I'm not saying that 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 we need more regulation. I'm not saying any of that. What I'm saying is what is the constitutional response? Is the Christian response? There's no authority delegated to the city governments or county county governments to make us wear a mask. I would I would even go farther from a philosophical sense on that is the Christian we're afforded every right that everybody else is. True. So in America, you're afforded the right of redress, of, of bringing up your grievances, of um, protesting a, a law or a situation that you feel is unconstitutional, right? You have that right as a, as a citizen. 
you don't leave your citizen rights at the doorstep just because you're a Christian. I think sometimes Christians go, I can't even disagree with what my government is doing because of Romans 13. Mm -hmm. In America, the beauty of it is the system is supposed to be set up in place so that you have every right that God has given you, including your interaction with the government. Mm -hmm. You're you're fully afforded that right. So if you feel something is not constitutional, that a government's not allowed to be able to do that to you in America— Yep. You have that right to complain. 100%. What, but what you have to do in, a, in the face of something like that, when the government passes a law that you uh, object to, the, the necessary thing for all Americans, not just Christians, but all Americans, is to resist. Yeah. Okay. Come now, on. Christians think that Romans 13 says we can't resist. Well, tell that to George Washington, okay? <laughs> uh, so the idea is that you have to resist, but or, the, before you can actually resist— the authorities, like the sheriff, has to come along and somehow arrest you, charge you, or something like that and for, for resisting. And that is the first step in the process of overturning an illegal law. Okay. Right. You can't overturn an illegal law until you take it to court and get a judge to say so. Right. Or educate yourself, too, because most of the time people are just enforcing things they don't even know. And so right. they'll hear from county commission saying, hey, we're going to enforce everybody to wear masks. They don't even think about, but does that go with state law? You know, mm-hmm. did, did state law, does the Constitution say something like that? We just go, okay, well, they said it. That is the problem with the worldview that is pagan. That is the problem with the Marxist ideology. Government becomes powerful. The people somehow in a mob rule, it, it's funny how you see in Marxism where it's like, it's, it's a community. We got to be powerful. But they depend on government to enforce community. So really, what, what happens is they're, they're, they're trusting in a power outside of themselves all the time. Mm-hmm. And the funny yeah. thing is they're legislating morality that, of they, that they themselves can't even uphold. You ever notice morality shifts in these kind of mentalities, right? At first, it's, man, we need to get rid of guns, maybe. But the cops should have them, right? But then now we're defunding police and saying because they this, this be righteousness <laughs> never attains itself. So what happens with government is if they don't know their own scope of authority, they'll just say, well, we can do it because we're the authority. Whoa, whoa, whoa. You have delegated authority. Delegated authority. You've got to memorize that. Delegated authority. And if you look at the Declaration of Independence as a whole, actually, one of the things they were mad at King George about was something called pretended legislation. Pretended legislation. What that meant was he was making laws autonomously. He was just making law just because he could. Hey, I'm going to throw another tax on him to stop that. Yeah. You know, I'm going to make sure the colonists don't do that. I'm going to go enforce this. As a matter of fact, when you get busted for something... I'm going to make sure you have to sail 3,000 miles away to go get tried in a court in a foreign land so your family never saw you again. Sound familiar? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Well, we don't really know, so we got to put it in the court system, and who knows how long that's going to get hung up in, in, mm-hmm. in, in courts for. Who knows how much money you're going to spend fighting litigation for that. But then you have a, a, one of our listeners, Gloria, who stands up in a Publix and says, no, I have a medical exemption because it's religious. Bam, they let her go. Hmm. She, she, they, they were going to force her to wear a mask. She said, no, i got a religious exemption. What could they say to her? Yeah. What could they say to her? They can't say anything. They can't say anything can't. to you. Yeah. So well, and, and forcibility is a problem for for the authorities, local yeah. county authorities. And as soon as people begin to resist, and everybody should resist. I'm not sure I can say that here, but I just said it. Hey, you're uh, on every, self-evident podcast. You say it. Okay. <laughs> everybody should resist an illegal law. And I'm telling you that if the county comes out and says that we are forced to wear masks, it's an illegal law. There we go. We got it. Yeah, and and I think, too, Carol just said, but they will make an executive order even if they have no power to do so. I don't believe that, Carol. I don't want to speak that. Um, I got to trust that the people will turn out in droves here and stop these votes. That's why we're all going to be there joining in because the people really do have the authority. I mean, let's be honest here, guys. Let's just think. Can we think think just logically for a minute? What are they going to do? Arrest 400,000 people for not wearing a mask? Right. What are they going to do? Well, and and here's my thought, and and, uh, I say this as an encouragement. Isn't it interesting that we're looking at what's going on in terms of these statues getting toppled and and parts of Seattle are being taken over by people? It's it's a movement of people. Conservatives tend to be the type of people that say, well— we we don't we don't want to cause an issue right mm-hmm. because we're we're people of order we're people of organization we're people of law and justice right mm-hmm. yeah so sometimes conservatives have to realize you do have the power 
to Truth. stand up. You Truth. have the power to move forward, and there are other people and voices who want to stand up. They need something that that will move them forward. They need something that will encourage yep. them, right? So. Are we ready to roll? Let's roll into it. Buddy. All right. So and we'll address more of this on Wednesday and th or Thursday night because we're going to move these late night uh, to Thursday nights because it's just yeah, easier. I was having that. Yeah. Idea yeah. Too. So we're going to move I'm it to Thursday you. nights now. Uh, it just makes it easier because of church and everything like that. So we'll address more of this as we do yeah. the meetings on Thursday night. So. So let's get into this. Um, I'm going to read a quote before I get into the slide. I just I want you to hear this quote from St. Anthony the Great. A time is Ooh, coming quote. when men will go mad. And when they see someone who is not mad. They will attack him saying, you are mad. You are not like us. And I, I got to tell you, when I watch video of these riots and people toppling statues in the movement of the masses, I think about what type of emotional psychology does it take to get swept up in that emotion to, to move with that group and go, yeah, this is what we need to do. And, and I think, I stand on the other side of it watching these people and, and thinking, how? how? How do they get swept up into this? How, how does this madness go like a virus to everybody else to where like they believe this is a good idea, right? And that's, that's a whole different discussion. But when, when you're watching this happen, the people who, when, when men go mad, they'll look at everybody who's sober and go, you're mad. You're not like us. Just yep. like the Bible says, exactly. look, right? Good will be Truth. evil and evil will right. be considered good. Very true. Yep. Um, so let's get into the first slide. BLM claims to be trained Marxists. They said we are trained Marxists. Just listen to that. We're trained Marxists. Which is antithetical to the republic mm -hmm. that we have. The democracy that everybody says we are. It's antithetical to that. Please continue. Nope. Just had to throw that in. <laughs> I'm frustrated so, about so this. So founder Patrice Cullors states, we actually do have an ideological frame. Notice that. She says BLM has an ideological frame. So you cannot say that this is purely about police brutality or about a movement for, to improve racial relations. Now, its followers are for that, I believe, so genuinely. A lot of people think and, that's and what it's for. And I believe genuinely that they want to see police brutality stop. Well, Not everybody tonight. wants that. Of course. Yeah, right. Anybody absolutely. who's free and anybody who's moral wants to see police brutality stop. And, and of course, George Floyd's – that was heinous. Everybody can say that. But the yeah. problem is these movements are being hijacked by people who have an agenda. Yep. And that's where we're at right and, now. And it's easy, to get, it's easy to get people um, uh, involved in these hijacked things because they don't understand Marxism. Yeah. These people – she claims to be a trained Marxist, but how many of her followers actually know what that means? Which They and, don't. And we were talking about that earlier of, of it's a wedge. It's, it's a Trojan horse. That's really what Amen. it is. Exactly. Right? exactly. BLM is a Trojan horse to institute Marxist policies and change how America is set up as a complete system and culture. Notice Ooh. they're already attacking the idea of the system. That's mm -hmm. a Marxist idea, and we'll get into that later. Let me finish her quote. She says, myself and Alicia in particular are trained organizers. Who else do we know that are organizers? Saul Linsky. Saul Linsky. Ooh, right. let's talk yeah. about old right. Saul. The 12 can, rules. And, can yeah. you, okay, 12 rules for radicals. He's got the rules for radicals yep. book. Oh, you're yep. going to go into it later? Yeah. We, that's I, right. That's, that's part, right. part, part of this. Yep. yep. Oop, my bad. No, wait. See? Massey's excited and about this. Come on! Here we go. So, uh, guys, this here is coffee. Should have never had it this early. <laughs> <laughs> Woo! We're ready. Uh, all right. So she says, Alicia and myself and Alicia in particular are trained organizers. We are trained Marxists. And... We are super versed on sort of ideological theories. Now, she, she just kind of tried to backtrack herself a little mm -hmm. bit because she was like, okay, mm -hmm. I can't come fully out of the bag. But notice that. Versed in ideological theories. What Marxist ideological theories do we have? So that's yeah. what we're going to get in because she said it herself. They're Marxists. Mm -hmm. She says it herself. We're community organizers. We're trained Marxists. But we, what, we're based on an ideological. Can, can you go back and explain what is Marxism for those that didn't watch that's, last week? What is and and that's actually what we're going to get into right here is what is Marxism? Mm. What is this? What? Why is this important? Why is this? Why is this vital to us? Right. Um, so, Paul, I want you to kind of synthesize. Synthesize. Yeah. yeah, I'm, I'm reading. We're, we're, we're making a mash right? here. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> Goulash. Goulash. Um, 
goulash. Yeah. Soviet, right? Oh, goulash. <laughs> the goulash. Anyways, is it? The goulash archipelago. The goulash archipelago. Are there still people watching? Or yes, they're with us? <laughs> no, we're good. Share this video, guys. We've got a lot to talk about. Thank we you got, for hey, sticking Seriously, through. before God, share this video. There's a lot to talk about. we got to get this message out there. And you know what? The church needs to preach this from the pulpits, dude. Yep. How much is destroying? And we Absolutely. may hit that. We're, we're well, gonna, be awesome, we're man. Hit that next week for you guys. So, Paul, can you just give us a summary? What is Marxism? Let's go to the foundation of it. What is uh, it in general? Sure. Um, going way back to uh, Karl Marx, the guy yep. whose name uh, is associated with all of this. He was an economist, a philosopher, uh, a whole bunch of other things. Uh, German, but he was living in England most of his life, and uh, he published these uh, series of teachings uh, that were mostly collected in the Communist Manifesto, mm -hmm. uh, something that everybody should read. Mm -hmm. uh, and it's all about how workers are being oppressed by the uh, the owners of capital. Uh, he refers to them as the bourgeois, and the average working person is a proletariat, okay? And he sees this gap where the people that have the money and the land and the equipment were somehow oppressing the working class person, the proletariat, okay? Yeah. And so he proposes that the proletariat rise up and seize control of the means of production, land, buildings, equipment, and then share that among themselves for their own personal benefit so that all of those who, who originally owned those things would be stripped of them. Yep. So effectively, it's to take the working class person to seize control of the production, uh, mm. the means of production. And okay. he, he, he saw things as struggle. So you'll yes. you'll hear and and I've got this note and I'll just read it out like this. This was predicated on the idea that all of history is a struggle. Everything in society is a struggle, hence the diametrically opposed groups in society. Yes. You'll notice when when a Marxist or a communist talks because they're always talking about one group versus mm -hmm. the other. Rich versus poor, black versus white, man versus woman. Marxism needs to promote this struggle read revolution yes in order to create a necessity for tearing the system down so yes. what marx saw was all all of history all it was was struggle right and saul linsky saw that as well and said because of this struggle here's how you commit revolution right that's right. where linsky comes into this and, and we'll talk about him in a little bit yeah so marxism builds off of this struggle because right like you were talking about it's an economic theory of some people have capital some people don't and they're they're stealing off the backs of the people who don't right, That's right. your Correct. worker in the field his his production is getting is multiplying capital for the owner absolutely and he should he should have all of his capital of his labor but here's where marxism twists it says and then he should give it to all the community, and the community should divide it <laughs> yeah. out. Like, yeah. okay, so you've traded one master for another. But it's forced too, because in benevolence, in Christ, in Christian benevolence, I'm not going too far on this. We'll hit this next no, week. No, go for it. But in Christian benevolence, it's not done by force. In other words, in, mm -hmm. in, in Acts, we talk about this a lot in Marxism. But when the when when they saved the three thousand, when the three thousand were saved, they sold everything they had and gave their possessions to those who had not. Mm -hmm. That was not a government edict. That was not a Marxist ideology. Free that will. was Christian benevolence. That was done solely voluntarily. And this is the problem. They're like, hey, you know, you should own everything. You work hard. You should own what you got. But while you own that, I want you to give it and force you to give it to these guys. Yeah. Do you see how twisted this is? This is where it's going right now. As a matter of fact, I just got to throw a little. Did you guys know that at the end of his life, he actually wrote a letter to Engels uh, that he basically said this life is not worth living. I mean, he died broke. Yeah. Marx, mm -hmm. his, his whole ideology was not what it was a sham it, it really was he didn't get yeah. the influence he wanted the political influence he wanted he didn't have the financial clout he had he was declaring bankruptcy at the time i mean this is how bad it was for him because yeah. he just wasn't successful he was right. a, a historical bernie sanders and i mean that like he, <laughs> yeah. he never oh, really right. worked nice. a job yeah. he never never really produced he was that's just right. a, a poor philosopher right and and which most philosophers are poor yeah exactly it's not a job no <laughs> you, people don't pay you to just philosophize that's right um and <laughs> Is that a word? I think so. I said it is now. I said apostolize. Apostolize, philosophize. Whatever. Um, <laughs> imagine if Marx had had a podcast. It, oh man! Hey, oh. hey! Goodness gracious! Good help night. us all. Right, right. <laughs> um, and and you notice he 
he he died. There there didn't seem to be any contentment in him. No, he and said it was a lousy there, there life. There can't be yeah. because the highest level of Marxism is the human. There is yeah. no form yeah. of go with that. Uh, there's no God. There's nothing. There's nothing outside the human to bring him satisfaction. Yeah. Come on, there's, dude. Uh, there's nothing internal to him. He has no spirit. No, no. His spirit in Christ is still. His spirit is still dead. Yeah. So he's still dead in his in his sins, and he has nothing of value in himself to say. To give him satisfaction. And and to go along with that, I'm glad you brought that up because Marx was an evolutionist. Yes. And, and this is the thing people have to understand. We'll hit this more next week. Marxism is not compatible with Christianity. Amen. People think, exactly. well, you know, you can be a communist and be a Christian. No, you can't no, you because can't. the idea of Marxism True. is that— the world is completely materialistic, mm-hmm. a.k.a. It's, it's only material. It's not spiritual in any sense. So right. he was ardent atheist. You go, I've got quotes upon quotes from communists talking about their their hatred of religion and how it needs to be abolished, right? Well, yes. But Marx himself was a dear admirer of Darwin and evolution. Mm-hmm. Why? Because he was a humanist. Right. He saw it at all of it as an evolutionary structure. So when he died, like you're saying, there was nothing above himself. Right. There was nothing outside yeah. of the human. And this actually brings in a, a kind of a different topic, but it's the same topic. That's why there's only really two views of government, if you think mm-hmm. about it. There's the pagan view, which is anything outside of God. Whether you believe in humanism, uh, materialism, whether you right. believe in whatever, whatever kind of ism you want to believe in outside of God, there's this pagan, it falls under a pagan type of view. In other words, non-godly, right? Yeah. Secular type view. Then there's this biblical worldview, where if you look at the secular view, Government is 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 uh, divine. Government, it, what it does is divine. It, it whatever it says goes. Uh, and if you don't like it, you can change it because somehow we're a part of the government. But then we're supposed to obey the government that just passed that law. It's really weird, right? But also, th- it leads to state worship because the state can give me everything that I want, which kind of falls under the welfare type system. Certainly, yeah. but in in a, in a in a biblical worldview, the state is divinely ordained. Big difference. So there's an authority higher than the federal government or any government in general, which is God, which every founder acknowledged. 43 states acknowledge it. Almighty Mm -hmm. God is the giver of rights. Do you see where man is no longer above you? God is above us all. The ones in authority have a higher accountability because of their authority and the place they've been put in. Mm -hmm. Because the Bible says in Romans 13, they're ministers of God to the for good. Mm -hmm. This is why under Marxism, when they're materialists, if you look at 1 John 2, it actually says, love not the world, neither the things that are in the world. For everything that's in the world is of the flesh. It's of the devil, it says. The lust of the flesh, the lust of the eyes, and the pride of life. You tell me any, that's all going on right now. The Mm -hmm. lust of the flesh, right? I want more. And because I don't have it and you have it all, I'm going to force you to give it to me. The lust of the flesh, the lust of the eyes, everything we look at right now, sexual revolution, all these things become because of a pagan and a secular worldview. The pride of life. Isn't it funny that... We, we can say as, as, as liberals or the le- whatever you want to call them, the, 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 the anti-whatever side, the anti-law, all that side, they can say you have the right to choose. But when it comes to you, hey, I don't, I don't want to wear a mask. It's no longer a choice. You see how their righteousness, again, I'm going back to this, their righteousness always changes. When you're under Christ, you have the favor of God over man. You have favor with both, actually. He told King David, he said, I'll make a table before you in the presence of your enemies where your enemies would respect you. Right. This is the problem with having a secular worldview. And the reason that churches stayed out of government, which was a bad move, they said, well, that's kind of the secular stuff. We don't want to get involved in that. And now look what's happening. Government's involving themselves in in your church now. That's what happens when you don't get involved. That's what happens when you take a step back. You don't have to be a politician to get involved in government. You just have to be informed. And that's that's, again, why we're going to cover Marxism in the church next week, because guess what? Even if it's not on your doorstep today, it will be on your doorstep tomorrow. There are subtle forms of Marxism appearing in every community across the country without people even knowing it. Exactly. Um, The idea of any idea that we should be forced to wear masks is a Marxist idea. It's not a God idea at all, contrary to what Christians, some Christians are thinking. It's a Marxist idea. It's impossible. That's right. Exactly. It's impossible. Because the idea is to make us all equal. Right by an equal application of some solution of force, absolutely, and force is incompatible with liberty and scripture and scripture. (laughs) Thank you very much. Well, and and liberty comes from scripture. Yes, because it's God's word. Comes from God. Yes. And when you're under God, you don't have to force anybody to believe. 
the love that you have for one another will compel them to believe. So, yeah. and good ideas don't need force. So I come I've, on, dude. I've got That's a quote, right. Quote for that. I, I've got a series of quotes, and I, I want to read through these, but I'm going to go out of order on this one because this is perfect. Mao Zedong, Mao, Chairman Mao, Mao Zedong. This is what he said. The right? first communist leader of China. For, exactly. Completely created the the Cultural Revolution, which we'll talk about a little bit. Which you're watching it happen right yep. now, right? But Mao said this. Mao. Communist is not love, or communism is not love. Communism is a hammer which we use to crush the enemy. Amen. Isn't that funny? Yeah. Who's the enemy? Mm. Who's the enemy? Anybody mm. who resists. Exactly. Anybody, yes. Exactly. I, you know what I find funny, saints, or anybody watching right now, even if you're not Christian? I find it funny that for a long time people would say, the church, you shouldn't judge me. You can't judge what I do. You can't judge this. You can't judge that. But the moment you're not for a mask and falling into Marxism ideology, you hate people. You hate black people if you don't speak out against it. You, you're, you're automatically a Silence racist. Is violence. Dude, seriously. Like, the judgment and the vitriol that comes out now. Like, if you don't know that you're a racist, even though you've never even thought about it, you're somehow a racist by not even being a racist. And so you're labeled incredible. I mean, this is, this is, listen, Marxists or any kind of ists know this. If they can demoralize the public, you enslave them. Yep. You enslave them. And that's that's why we talked about last week, we talked about struggle sessions. And I don't know mm -hmm. if you, you got to catch that podcast, Paul, mm -hmm. but we talked about this idea of struggle sessions. And struggle sessions are where they basically, they publicly humiliate you until you come into line with the opinion of the mob. Mm -hmm. Are we not watching that? I actually, uh, yep. in aside, so I just read an article the other day, and I was telling Melissa about this. The CEO of Gab, right, the the Twitter alternative, their yep. their platform oh, yeah. is mm -hmm. free speech, mm -hmm. and he's he's a Christian guy too. He he said that Visa has blacklisted him. Mm. Now, not just Gab, incredible him. Incredible. So every time they try to get a a processing company, a merchant processing company, mm. Visa contacts that company and says we've blacklisted these people for illegal activity well what's the illegal activity promoting hate speech hmm. a that's not illegal right right but b now they're they're keeping it so that gab cannot make any financial transactions what's worse and this is the marxist struggle session idea it wasn't just gab that is getting shut down by Visa. It's mm. him himself. His name, his address, his phone number yeah. have mm -hmm. all been blacklisted. So his wife cannot start a company and have merchant processing. Mm -hmm. He Jeez. cannot quit as CEO and start a lemonade stand and do merchant processing. Right. People say, well, it's a private company. They can do what they want. It's still creating a social system of control over his life purely 100%. because he doesn't line up with the opinion. If you don't see this, you're not paying attention. And this is how Marx, uh, Marxism is affecting every one of us Come every on, day. Uh, organizations like like uh, Visa, like a lot of other uh, – Verizon is another example of a company that has, um, has stopped all of its uh, social media advertising. They've pulled back on it because they're going to come out again in a fashion to support the BLM Marxist agenda. And so what what that's affecting all of us. Every one of us, even if we don't post controversial stuff on Facebook or other social media, we are all going to be affected by this, uh, these kinds of private companies who are only exercising their own individual business processes. They are, that's not illegal yeah. to do, but they can, they're you know, doing it from a Marxist standpoint. You know, there's a quote attributed to uh, Harriet Tubman, and I've said this before. I'll say it again. Um, I'm still trying to find the source for it, but it's, it's said that she had said— um, you know, I had freed a thousand slaves in my lifetime, so it was about 917 or 18 or something like that. She said, I could have freed a thousand more had they known they were slaves. Yeah. Hmm. What's, what's happening now is the slavery of the mind. And, and guys, I'm just going to be honest with you. This is evil and demonic, mm -hmm. what's happening Amen. right now. Yep. And we have to be able to be educated enough to, you, you know, one of the problems, I, 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 I shouldn't say problems. One of, the, one of the caveats or something, like Christians always say, is it's hard for me to witness I don't know scripture enough. I, I don't, I don't pray, I, you know what I mean? Yeah. You're right. You cannot effectively give out what you don't have. Right. You can't. If you don't understand it or know it, if you don't know this stuff, you're not going to be able to fight against it. And That's you right. can't mm -hmm. depend on other people fighting for you because guess what? What if that voice gets taken out? Who's going to fight for you then? Bottom line is I have to fight for people who can't fight for themselves. That's why we get involved. That's why we go do these 
council meetings, even though it's such a pain in the butt that I have oh, to man. watch a government exactly. be seriously controlling and, and, and go rogue from their own laws that I have to take time out of my day because I can't trust them, which is what it should be. Anyway, anybody with authority, James Madison said, should never be trusted. It should, should have some form of distrust, he said. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Should some form of distrust. He's mm-hmm. right. Yeah. Right. But anybody in authority, if we're not checking them constantly, oh my gosh, look what they're doing. Look what, what they're doing. And this is part of the reason why liberals have made such great inroads in the United States is because they're not, uh, they are out there actively pursuing their agenda. Yes. Mm. The rest yes. of us just want to earn a living, take care of our family, and live our lives. Leave and, me alone. And leave me alone. But liberals will not let you do that. They will not let you alone. They won't. <laughs> and so your choice is either wait for them to come for you or stand up now. And that's exactly why earlier I was just saying the problem with, with the conservative side of things is we're, we're protectors of the foundation, right? Yeah. We're, we're protectors of, of a set of values. But the problem is we, we don't see protection in being active and being offensive, not not trying to offend people be going on the offensive yeah we see protection merely as defensive or oh, that the dude. protection will take care of itself dude and right and that's that's such an issue in the conservative realm is where we haven't woken up and realized you actually have to go on the offensive mm-hmm. to battle this you have to be out there and you have to be moving you have to raise your voice you have to get involved some way somehow dude, legit. if you totally. want to change this because legit. guess what the culture the society, the minds of the people, they're there for the taking. Mm-hmm. And guess what? The the Marxist ideology has been fighting the cultural war <laughs> for decades. Come on, dude. Absolutely. Listen, Colossians 3.5 says this, Put to death, therefore, what is earthly in you, sexual immorality, what's happening right now? Mm-hmm. Listen to this. Impurity, what's happening? Passion. As far as like evil passion, yeah. evil desire, and covetousness, which is idolatry. If you covet, that's idolatry. Yeah. That's idolatry. Why can't we say that? Why is that wrong? That's just truth. This isn't to bash anybody. And I find it funny. I would never go to a kid who doesn't know how to spell and say, come on, you dummy. Why don't you know how to spell? Do you think they're going to learn like that? No, they're probably going to feel condemned, which is against Romans 8, right? Yeah. No, no condemnation to those that are in Christ. But let me call you a racist a thousand times, then you'll listen to me. Right. This is what's, this is what's happening. They're attacking, and it's funny. They pull your hair, and then they slap you and say that they're the victim. That's right. <laughs> That's, what's right. ha- that's exactly what this is. It's demonic. It's Dude. like the, the public thing that says, uh, you should shut up and listen. You white people should shut up and listen to the narration of the black person, and, and then they'll criticize you for silence, silence is complicity. Silence Bro, is I promise you, I promise <laughs> you this. If President Trump said it's mandatory to wear masks, you know what the left would say? They're, they're discriminating Dictator. against deaf people. And he's a dictator. They're discriminating against deaf people because now they can't read lips. Yeah. They would, I mean, seriously, it's so twisted this and, is. And they would yeah. say he's a dictator for mandating For mandating masks. Something. That's right. Yeah. And yeah. somehow they would find some scientist that says, oh, they're not right. He's not right in what he's saying. Do you see the game? Do you see the game here? They're trying to get you into these games to start keeping your eye off the Constitution and get you on modern politics. Yeah. That's the problem here. They're destroying your mind. As a matter of fact, Romans 12 says this. Don't be conformed to this world transformed by the renewing of your mind according to the scripture that's the problem here that's why you got to be constantly diligently in scripture and find out what is pure and if you don't know ask read james read the book of james if you lack wisdom ask of god he'll give it to you he totally will and he's done it he's done it with all of us amen totally all right good show i'm done (laughs) (laughs) sorry no 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 no. it's never done buddy good um, one thing that I wanted to point out, and I'm, I'm going to go into Alinsky a little bit, so I'm mm-hmm. going to give a background on him. So I was reading back through his writings, and it was interesting because we have always marked him as just pure communist. And who is Saul Alinsky again? Okay, Saul mm-hmm. Alinsky. For the yeah, audience. Let's, let's go back to let's the original. Let's go him. All right, Saul Alinsky, community organizer. is 60s and yeah. 70s, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Community organizer. His whole thing was revolution. He was teaching people how to have revolution. Mm -hmm. He wrote a book called Rules for Radicals. Now, he dedicated the book to Lucifer. Now, why? It wasn't wasn't a a occultist, satanic thing of dedicating it to Lucifer. He was saying Lucifer was the original revolutionist. Mm -hmm. Lucifer was the original one to create revolution against an authority. 
Alinsky was fascinated with the idea of revolution. And he wrote this, the have-nots of the world. He always talked about haves versus have-nots, which would lend itself to, I, I really believe he, he had some communist underpinnings. Totally. But he would work with anybody because he was more interested in, in tackling the oppression structure. Oppression, oppressor, mm -hmm. oppressed. You hear that sometimes, right? The have-nots of the world swept up in their present upheavals and desperately seeking revolutionary writings can find such literature only from the communists, yep. both red and yellow. Here they read about tactics, maneuvers, strategy, and principles of action in the making of revolutions. Since in this literature all ideas are embedded in the language of communism, revolution appears synonymous with communism. Now, let's attach that to what's going on with Black Lives Matter. Notice this language of revolution is happening. And we're going to get into how are, what revolution are they committing. But it's this idea of revolution, this idea of upturning the system yep. that's going on right now. And guess what? Communists love the idea of revolution, of tearing down the old totally. structure. The important part about that whole revolution totally. thing is you cannot reason with them. No. You can't debate them. You can't change their mind. The, and, and this is how you know also— that this is a spiritual issue because spiritual uh, people that are operating from the forces of darkness are irrational. That's right. They cannot be reasoned with. And, and that is applies to all of these Marxist, socialist, communist revolutionaries. They are sold out to the goal of tearing it down. No amount of reasoning, no amount of debate Truth. is ever going to change Truth. their mind or change their goals. They are set in stone. Yeah, and, and again— And it, hel and it oh, doesn't—no, I'm just fin going to finish up with this. They do not have God, and so therefore their mind is completely enslaved to the powers of darkness. Yeah, Amen. this is why Scripture even says that the natural man can't understand or perceive the things of the Amen. Spirit. Amen. Because they're spiritually discerned. When you look at— Government, and it is ordained of God. The founders clearly stated that. Again, not per, I have to say this every show because they're going to be like, oh, the founders were, I know they were, I know some of them had slaves, a few of them. I get it, okay? They weren't perfect men. I get that. But for the most part, these guys were like, look, God ordained us a system. We've studied civilizations over time. That's why John Adams wrote the book, A Defense of the U.S. Constitution, studying co countless uh, systems of government. And this was the purest form, a constitutional republic where men could actually rule themselves and have a government stay out of their business and only regulate minimally. That was, in, that was insanity. They wanted men to take care of themselves out of the, like the Amish community. They take care of themselves, man. Amen. Yeah, exactly. Now, they're not perfect. I'm not saying they're perfect. I'm saying this, that they take care of their own. They've learned that system. Voluntarily. And if, yeah. And if they take care of themselves first... They have the duty and the right, the obligation in a sense, and the wherewithal and the stuff to take care of another when something goes bad. Mm -hmm. Yeah. If they can't take care of themselves, what are we going to give to them? It's called individualism, dude. That's not selfish. If a man can't take care of his own house, Scripture says, how can he take care of the church of God? That's talking about deacons. If a man doesn't know how to take care of his own house, how can he take care of the church of God? That's not selfish. That's making sure your witness and testimony is good. Mm -hmm. And if your witness and testimony is not good and you want everyone to conform to a system that you yourself haven't even tried. <laughs> well, I, I find this funny. Politicians that are crying this type of system right now, destroy and all this. Other, they're the ones sitting in authority they're, they're, and rich. They're oh, making yeah. off Absolutely. this Everyone else isn't. <laughs> think, think about the irrational side of that, what you just mentioned. Politicians who are supporting uh, the BLM movement and all of the ancillary stuff that goes along with that, they're operating under a belief that they'll be exempt from the impact <laughs> yes. of having their lives dude, torn totally, to the ground. Totally. Wait till they show up at their house and burn it. Which that's, it, oh, it's dude, already happened. Yes. It's already happened to, uh, I don't remember what city it was, but a mayor who had come out totally yes. supportive of BL Was it Portland, maybe? Uh, St. Louis, maybe. St. Louis, yeah. I think. Yeah. But totally supportive of BLM, progressive side, all of that. Her house suddenly gets vandalized. Yeah. And she's heartbroken about it. It's like, sorry, honey. This is happening mm. to everybody. Bro, it's going to happen yeah. like it's that. It's going to happen to you. Guess what? The, pe the people who first support the revolution, get the revolution, go through, are the first people against the wall to get the bullet. That's right. Why? Because they know how Come to create on. revolution. That's exactly Stalin right. Stalin did it. Yeah, Lenin did right, it. That's right, dude. Yep. Right? That's right. Get rid of the people who upended the wow. system with totally. you. Totally. Yep. It will happen, right? The, and you're seeing it today. You're actually seeing spray painting on the wall. Liberals get the bullet, too. 
I mean, but if you think about it, it comes for everybody. What makes us think that if we lie consistently, that someone above you is not lying to you? Exactly. Dude, you're, you're enslaving yourself with your own noose. At least under God, when I'm clean, I'm clean. Clean That's conscience. Right. I don't have to, don't have to right. turn around worrying if someone's going to ha- hurt me. And you're not going to worry if God's going to say one thing to your face and another thing behind exactly. your back. Exactly. Yeah. My defense comes from God. He's, his glory is my rear guard, it says in Isaiah 54. His glory is my rear guard. And his power is before me. He's the breaker. I don't have to worry about what man could do to me, but King David said. I'm not worried about what men can do, but if you're under sin... You're always worried about what men can do to you. Always. Don't and and even Christ tells us, don't worry about those who can destroy your body, but nothing more. Yeah, Dude, come exactly. on. The one who can destroy both the Go body and soul. Yeah. Right. You worry about God. Uh, you you focus on God. You respect the Lord. Fear and respect. You don't have to worry about anything else. Totally. That's right. Because man could hang you, <clears throat> and it's you're still with God. Yeah. Your conscience is clean. Yep, and 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 guys, I, Stevie, thank you for this. Hey, friends who just joined, if you guys want to chime in, if you guys want to ask questions, yeah, please do. We want to answer them as as best we can. Uh, we're gonna try to get to this, but throw us some scriptures that you guys are meditating on through this as well. Uh, anything that we're missing constitutionally, go ahead and throw it in there because we're always ready to learn as well. So don't be afraid to do that because that's what this is about: is exchanging the ideas and making sure that you're free. Mm-hmm. This is all about li- living liberated. Mm-hmm. You know, it's the new motto of self-evident podcast and ministry. Live, period, liberated, period. That's the whole purpose of this. Beautiful. Live liberated. It's a beautiful thing. That's it. Liberty is literally that. And you know what people are afraid of? Liberty. You know why? Because they've never lived in it. Well, there you go. They've exactly. never seen it. They've never why tasted it Why is liberty such a hard sell in exactly. the land of the free? <laughs> Seriously. Isn't funny? Isn't that funny? Like, it's yeah. hard to sell liberty. Right. Because one of the things that happens, and I'm going to get a little psychological on it's this It's okay. Here. One of the things that happens is people end up being... Um, people need an authority figure over them in some way, some shape, some form. We, we clamor for authority over us. Mm-hmm. If you have the Lord, you actually live free. People go, I don't want God's commandments and, and his rules and his structures. So you'll submit yourself to man. You'll yeah. submit yourself have, to an have, What did Bob Dylan say? you got to serve code? somebody? Yeah. Yes. <laughs> but have you seen the IRS tax code? You can't submit to Ten Commandments or God, you know, Christ was uh, yeah. breaking it down to two. But the 175,000 pages of the IRS tax code that you've never even read, okay. I can promise you, unless you're a lawyer. I, I got to go on this. Um, I was, uh, nerd alert, I was reading Jung today. Right, and I'm working. Now, who yes. could? Who else could yeah, say that? Goodness gracious! I, I'm sorry, guys. Boring time, but Jung was at one point. He was talking about the the symbolism of the plow. That's good, right? And the plow. So the plow is is a symbol of motion, of motive, of working, of action. Right now, what does the plow do? The plow breaks up and tills the ground. So the ground is creation, God's creation. The plow is enforcing. Or, or force putting man's creative efforts into the potential mm-hmm. of creation, True. right? You're forming and shaping something with the plow. Now, s- stick with me here, right? I'm going somewhere. I'm with you. The plow well, shapes and forms. With God, God says, give me your first fruits. Dude. Oh. That's it. God says, give me your first fruits. <laughs> yeah. That's all. That's- Everything else is yours. So everything else of your creation that you've built out of the potential of the world is yours. God says, do with it what, what you want, right? Under, under terms of, of so God's Is alignment. God saying you built that? God is saying you built that, right? Because Knuckles. God, Knuckles. God gave you the material to use. And yeah. God says, go see what you can do with this, right? Amen. He gave yeah. us dominion over the world. Now, here's the difference. Dude, go for it. God says... Just give me 10%, right, so that so that my storehouse has what it needs. Then do what you want. What does communism say? Give it all to me. Give it all to me, and I'll give it out to everybody. <laughs> it says, give me all of your labor. Give me everything you've done, and then I'll determine what you can do with it. And isn't yes. it funny? Those people are the ones that have, and the rest have not. Absolutely. Right. The very Nin- thing they're complaining 92% about. 92% right, right. of Antifa are unemployed living with their parents. Mm. check the stats i'm telling you check the stats good night folks that that's that's not that's not a diss that's that's how dangerous this doctrine is worldview and outlook dude that's that's how dangerous this doctrine truly is and if you 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 were just talking about 
giving and all these other things, give 10%. And the Lord doesn't need the 10%. No. It's for his kingdom to grow on earth. That's what this is for. It has nothing you're to do with it. You're investing. You're not yes. actually paying for anything. Yes, you're and investing. you're not investing in vain. You're investing with a return of souls. Amen. That's what this is about. Your life's not your own. You're bought with a price. Yeah. That's what it's about. And when Christians really realize that, you will fight for your brother. You will fight to understand this because you're going to realize, you know what? Again, politics may not be your lane. Totally get it. Totally get it. But what is your lane? I've been, we've been, pre we've been preaching this mm -hmm. for a while. What's your lane? When you realize that you can give up everything for Christ, everything makes sense. Totally. My purpose yeah. is Christ on earth. Mm -hmm. That's, this whole conversation comes down to saving souls. When they're transformed and illuminated by the Spirit of God, nothing can touch them. Then they'll understand properly what, why the kingdom on earth is so important. And the dominion of man being individual is so important. That's why he told Adam. Adam was right. When he, when he was in there, he said, you will work. Isn't it funny? Before he created, he said, you're going to work the ground of the garden. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. He mm -hmm. told the first man on earth, you're going to work the garden. Hey, bud. Work. 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 Work is good. Exactly. So the whole idea is this was about you creating something for your family. If you can't, if you can't provide for your own house, you're worse than an infidel. I mean, dude, that is serious scripture. That's real stuff. You can't demand of somebody that isn't yours. That's covetousness. Thank you. And it's a lie, actually. Go ahead. It's also Sorry. Marxism. <laughs> it's also Marxism. Hey, all right. Back in the game. Oh, man. So, this is good, guys. I like this discussion. So I, I want to read a couple of responses. Yeah, uh, Chantel said this. Uh, Chantel just said uh, uh, freedom equals responsibility. Responsibility is why people don't know liberty. That's exactly Thank right. Thank you. And that, that was very cool. Thank you for the comment. Amen. Uh, not many Christians understand tithing. Stevie said, "That's ex I agree with you 100%. Yep. I really do. They think it's taking money away. No, it's investing into the kingdom, and it's yeah, not man. a vain investment. Exactly. Can, can we so, quick just hit on that? Let's because do it. I think do it's it. something we need, we need to hit. Amen. So tithing, it's, it's an act of faithfulness to God yep. and investment in God's thing. Look, if you have a problem with even giving some of your first fruits to God, where's your heart at? But you, you could even go back further because who was the first one to tithe? Abraham, right? Yep. Before yeah. the law, yes. before anything, he gave a 10% tithe to Melchizedek. Mm -hmm. Okay, Tithing isn't just a rule. Tithing is the normal characteristic behavior of people worshiping God. Yeah. The whole idea of tithing is worship. It's, exactly. It's, it's a... a a recognition of who provided it. Amen. Right? Of, yeah. of who made the potential of it. Mm -hmm. And and I think people get wrong of like, oh, yeah. I, I need to just follow the rule of giving a tithe. Mm -hmm. It's it's not about the rule. You could follow the rules to a T and still your heart could be far from God. Yeah. God totally. talks about that totally. Mm -hmm. They honor me with their lips, but their hearts are far oh, from me. Oh, man. Dude, that is legit. such an indictment. Man. Right? It is, isn't it? Dude, I mean, it some really scripture, when you That hurts me. Dude, <laughs> that hurts me, <laughs> you know? Think about that. that. There's some of these, like, when, when you read those kind of scriptures, it's like, dude, that's a... It hurts. That's a, that's a, true. I mean, and I'm, I'm not saying this in a cussing way. This, that's a damning statement. Yeah, yeah It totally. really is. You've yeah. literally gone outside of the scope of God, out of the scope of the Spirit of God, and place yourself there. He's not saying that because he wants people to be there. He's loving, kind. He wants all to come to repentance. But you come to a point where it's like, look, there's no more. There's no reason here. No. There's just nothing there anymore, right? Thank God you're still breathing. You got a chance to get saved. But folks, there's a lot of Pauls that need there are Saul's that need to turn into Pauls right now. Amen. A ton, right? And so let's continue. No, no, no. Keep going with comments. You got any more? Uh, no, no, no more. No more. Okay. We're, we're, we're rolling. Cool. We're rolling. Um, <sighs> So I'm gonna, I'll ask you guys this: Do you sure. guys do you guys want to get into the cultural let's side of things? Let's do it. Let's do okay. it. Let's get it out so of the way. Let's let's bring up so slide three. Free. Slide three. So the George Washington statue. I want to get into this a little bit, and and I'll Ooh. backtrack just a little bit, but <laughs> let's show the slide. Right. So Maoism, we're we're getting a little bit into the Cultural Revolution. Maoism wanted to take down the four olds: old customs, old habits, old culture, old ideas, and replace it with a brand new system of new customs, new habits, new culture, new ideas. So what communism does is it completely tears apart all of the vestiges of that culture and society and replaces them with things that point towards the communist state. Yes. Right? And, and Paul, you were talking about, I don't even remember if it was on the podcast or before it, of the idea of 
communism is one step towards the next step, which is past government into an almost anarchical Wait, you start, communist I mean, situation. It was, it was but Lenin, you can't get past that. Right. right. It was Lenin who said that, that socialism is the, is the step toward communism. Yeah. Um, and Marxism really is the step before socialism. So it's a chained event. Yeah. Um, but the, there, there were those three stages of, of Marxism uh, that was actually identified by the Italian communist Antonio Gramsci. Uh, he was the one who said that this, the first stage is the status quo, the capitalist uh, condition of the, of the society. And the second stage of that is revolution. And that revolution is, can be violent, as in uh, China, but it can also be violent like uh, Venezuela, like Cuba, mm -hmm. um, like the Russian Revolution. Um, all of those things can be violent, but what we're seeing today is a cultural revolution similar to Mao, where the people behind Black Lives Matter is, are tearing down all of our Dude. monuments, yep. all of Come all of on. the things that represent who we are as Americans. Whether that the people on these monuments were good or bad is irrelevant because everybody has a dark side. Yes, everybody. And so what they want to do is completely eradicate everything that has gone before. And specifically, they are trying to eradicate everything that represents white culture. Yes. They, the white culture is exactly what they are trying to tear down before they can actually build up their so, uh, Marxist society. I think, I think this is so ridiculous. It's like this is a white culture. It's like, yo, bro, they're like the majority of the population. The only reason that, <laughs> I mean, it's not like it's intended to how, be. It just is. How come they're the only culture in 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 the Western side of things that's not allowed to exist, right? And I'm not going like I know white, where you're going with the supremacy it, side of this, but the culture, other cultures are totally upheld. Other dominant cultures, dude. Chinese culture, no no person in America would say you need yeah. to tear down dominant Chinese culture. Right. No, they're not going to worry just, about that. They're I'm, not going to say tear down dominant African culture in Africa. Right. No. But they're they're also saying we're supporting Islam even though Islam is so hostile to Truth. gays and women and all other kinds of freedoms, that kind of stuff, they support Islam because Islam is opposed to white culture in America. Yes, exactly. Yes. My, what is it? My enemy's enemy is my friend. That's right. right. That's yeah. the enemy of my, Yeah, it's a uh, proverb. Uh, Sun Tzu. Yeah. The enemy of the, the enemy of my enemies. The enemy, is, my enemy is my friend. That's right. I think yes. Islam. Here's uh, a, here's a question, guys. Curse too. Let, let's let's put this on hold because this is good. This is good. Stevie Wonder says this. What's your take on this? I read today that this movement wants reparations from slavery. <laughs> <laughs> he said, "Why should I pay when my family came in from Italy, Puerto Rico, and weren't part of slavery here?" I know. Nobody living today was ever a slave. Yes. Nobody living today was Unless. ever a slave owner. Unless they came from a foreign culture where slavery has not been abolished exactly. yet. Exactly. And uh, look, there, there's a whole lot to this. I can't really unpack it, but there's a real legit slavery going on, which is sex slavery. Yeah. That's legit. Yeah, yeah totally. You know, it, the porn industry is big on this. And, you know, I'm not saying we should reparate and all these other things. And people have used this analogy as well. I kind of want you guys to go with me for a minute. Well, well, look what we did with the Indians. We gave them some kind of reparation. Okay, uh, but was that le like was that proper? You know, let's question this for a minute. And did now, it help? It, it did it help, right? Let's let's look at that for a minute. Now you're gonna say, "What what a jerk!" I can't believe he said that. But let's just hear me out here. What has it done? What has it done to give money and free money? I've known guys. I was in a group for a long time. We went into Indian reservations for a long time, and I heard over and over and over again from Indian chiefs of those tribes that said, "I don't know why, but we bury our sorrows in a bottle." Because well, a lot of these kids are 18 years old. They don't have anything to do. You write it. You stroke them a check when they turn 18. What do you think an idle kid is going to do with that? Yeah. I'm not saying in every case, but for a lot of cases, it happens. Now, people say, we stole the land. We stole the land. I think it's funny that we say we stole the land, but every single nation has conquests. And we don't blame them for that. Well, part of the problem here is that people are drawing a line in the calendar, in the historical calendar, yes, and saying that, that we stole the land from the the indigenous peoples who were here already before the Europeans. But here's the thing. You go back a little bit further, and you find out that all of these indigenous people in North America came from Asia across a land bridge that existed between Siberia and Alaska. Yep. Uh, anthropologists have, have found that this is exactly the case. So the question is, where do we draw the line in the calendar? I mean, Israel came in and conquered the land. What was that? 
2000, 2000 well, years 2000 ago. BC, no, it was before oh, that. Sorry. It was 2000 BC. Um, and so the question is, do the Palestinians have a right to the land today because Israel came in and conquered the land 4,000 years ago? And if you, even if you want to keep it in America, you look at, at Native American populations, right. there's a reason that, say, the Sioux and the Blackfoot and the Comanches yeah, and dude. the Apaches and the Aztecs were, were not necessarily liked by the other tribes. Why? Because tribal right. warfare and conquest is just something that is right. human. Dude, right. it's a human condition. Even, even Cortez, when, when, when he came out, and you know, the, when Quetzalcoatl, the whole yeah. mess over there, dude, they were literally sacrificing humans. Yeah. So in court, I'm not saying he was perfect, or, but if you think about it, you're watching a civilization destroy itself. What are you going to do? And all the surrounding tribes mm. loved Cortez because Cortez, was, they saw him as the savior of their situation. There was even right. prophecies about white men coming on big ships yes. to liberate against the Aztecs. Right. So you got a movement of tribes that came in and were like, yeah. Take them out, please, please. We're sick Dude, of being But I mean, here's sacrificed. another example of yeah. how uh, people from a Marxist point of view have helped to try to def redefine our Go history. With it, buddy. The New York Times has the 1619 oh, no. Project. Oh, no. We need where to they nail are, that in a whole podcast. Uh, totally, absolutely. Write it down. But it was the whole idea that that um, the New York Times and their and their propagandists are claiming that slavery didn't begin with the first ship that arrived here. It began uh, in 1619, before the pilgrims even arrived here. <laughs> and uh, just quick stat. So America shipped about 300,000 souls across the transatlantic. Brazil shipped 3.5 million people. So let me ask you a question. How much are people clamoring against Brazil to tear down the entire structure because of their original sin, sin of slavery? Right. And, and I think, too, let, let's hit this. You're, you're fighting that you're oppressed and poor still because of what slavery did. No, I'm going to challenge that. It's big government. Amen. This, exactly. This re, re, redistricting and all these other things that help. And if we just government, more, government, government did it. Government it's is not the, the problem. People that yeah. did it to you, Jim the government Crow, did. Redlining, redistribution. All of that, dude. Government. That, that it's funny that if you're not married, we give you more money if you don't marry the guy who's got who's the father of your kids. Dude, it, it, this is government that you're trying to fight, not Liberal slavery. government at that. Liberal government. Every single—it's funny. The riots are happening in predominantly liberal, liberal cities, cities. Yep. Right? Or the, the virus spread the fa virus spread the fastest in liberal cities. Big ones, too. What's happening? Why are they fighting in those cities? But it's funny, man. You can go around. You know, we're Mexican. <laughs> Mexican. We lost at the Alamo. We ain't complaining about getting the Alamo back. We took our lickings like a man. We lost. I mean, I was born here, but my parents are like, hey, we lost the Alamo. My dad's like, what? it's funny because when my dad moved to Texas, he was like, we lost the Alamo, but I became a citizen. Ooh. Didn't He's the, so didn't happy. Didn't, didn't the Mexicans win at the Alamo? They did. No, we lost. I don't think no, so. No, they lost the war, but I'm they kidding. won the battle. Oh, okay. Sorry. Okay. <laughs> but we took our licking. Matt, sorry. Okay. Yeah. Got the it. point was it was a joke. Sorry. Okay. <laughs> Sorry. So, but here the the idea is you're not fighting whites, you're not fighting you're not fighting you're fighting big government is really yeah. what you're fighting. The the answer is reduce government. And, Amen. And exactly. isn't it isn't it interesting that you know to tie this back to that Marxism. was a joke about the Alamo thing, guys. Sorry, <laughs> kidding. Sorry, I didn't but get it. Tie this back to Marxism. The focus is not on government because everybody clamors for more government. <clears throat> Right. They get you fighting between yourselves, right? right? Don't like the rich. Don't like the whites. Don't like men. Don't like heterosexuals. Why? Because they're the oppressing class while the government runs roughshod over everybody Truth. and this authority. Mm -hmm. Why? Because Marxism wants to uphold a government system in their image. Yes. Not well, in that whole revolutionary um period or that stage of uh, of Marxist success requires control. Yes. Remember that Come that on. is all about dictatorship. That center piece in there about revolution talks about the proletariat dictatorship. Well, you can't have a dictatorship where everybody's in charge. Yeah. So they end up having a few people in charge as dictators. And the problem is that in all socialist communist experiments, nobody has ever given up power from the dictator's Truth. seat. So they never get to the utopian communist society because their dictators never give up I power, know, dude. Yeah. So Massey and Paul, you're going to love this. Let's get into Ayn Rand for <laughs> a couple minutes. Oh! 
I love Ian. Stay with us. Yeah. Stay with us. Do not turn this off. Listen, don't man. turn it off. Do Look, not turn I that the dial. Clock is right twice a day. You I, know what I mean? I know just people hear that name. They go, mm, Whoa, nope, done. Just listen. Just listen. Okay. Uh, this cultural revolution yep, idea. Yeah, we lost three followers. <laughs> <laughs> okay, which three yeah, are there? We yeah, got to yeah, go to their house. Search them out. Um, Ayn Rand observed this early in the 20th century as an immigrant from the Soviet Union as a young girl. In her first large volume, The Fountainhead, her protagonist is Howard Rourke. This is the first great book supporting the individual over the collective. Rourke is a good man, a self-made man, an architect. He has grand ideas about how to build big new buildings with new designs different than tradition. He has many opponents, but the worst was Ellsworth Toohey, a journalist who hated Rourke for his difference and popularity. Toohey influenced many in the culture to oppose Rourke for being different, selfish, ambitious, independent from the sensitivities of the culture. Boy, doesn't that sound like today, Toohey huh? mm-hmm. sought to influence and control culture, but could not control Rourke. Interesting, isn't it? Dude. Well, Ayn Rand has set up a character here in Rourke who uh, every uh, self-respecting person should want to be right? Rourke. Right, And the idea behind that, though, is that it's a solitary place to be because there is – I'm actually writing something about this right now for a future post on the idea of a remnant. That a remnant can be one person. It could be Jesus, one person against the masses. Rourke in mm-hmm. and Ayn Rand's uh, – uh, novel The Fountainhead. Uh, She has a similar character in Atlas Shrugged. The idea is that the masses are deceived. The masses are easy to manipulate, especially by journalists. It's very easy to deceive them and get them to oppose the minority. And the minority are almost always right. They are, they are the ones who are going to say, leave me alone. I'm just going to do my own thing. I'm not bothering you. Just uh, let me do it my own right. way. I, I think, and, and to clarify terms, right, when you talk about minority, that's what you're talking about is is this idea of, of the the group of people who aren't interested in a collective power authority yes. idea, right? Because yeah. Marxism has ended up twisting this idea of minorities into identity groups. Absolutely. And there's yep. a difference between that minority and the minority that Ayn Truth. Rand is talking about. Totally. Just, thanks I for, want to thank, clarify Thank that. you for that, yeah. because I did. I said that was way too general yeah. a statement for me to make, but so, thank you so, for clarifying that. So, Paul, that. could you answer this? Uh, Chantel said, I'm confused about her. Oh, good. <laughs> she wanted us to talk about it. Can you just explain the, yeah, the explain mentality Ayn of Ayn, Ayn Rand and, and why... It, there's two sides to her. There, there's, I'm, I'm talking about modern. Mm-hmm. You know, the, the conservative says, oh, my gosh, no, she was a, you know, way too almost liberal in, in thought, libertarian in thought. Libertarian. Yeah, yeah. And, and that you know, because she wasn't a Christian and all these things, it's like, okay, that doesn't negate individualism in a- her writings. Absolutely. In fact, we know that all truth is God's truth, right? And it doesn't matter if it comes from somebody who doesn't believe yep. in God. Truth. Right? All truth, all wisdom is uh, it comes from God. We and and He gives it to whomever He decides to do. And Ayn Rand was a profoundly wise person who recognized trends in society way back in the 1920s and 30s. Yeah. She was born and, and early raised in the Soviet Union. Wow! Uh, so she understood firsthand what it was like to live under Marxist communist rule. There you go. And so she was an, a total advocate for the individual being free to pursue their lives unimpeded by the sensitivities of the pop culture. Which, just quick aside, and then you can keep going. Um, She grew up in that system where the majority thought that the collective was important, that the collective was was Mm all-encompassing. We're growing up in a system that takes freedom for granted. We're growing up on the other side of it where we are individualists. And so we see it and we go, well, yeah, of course, that makes sense. A lot more of us. Mm-hmm. She was truly a, a revolutionary figure in the Soviet Union. And Solzhenitsyn, Gulag Archipelago, he's the same way. Why? Because That's a book. He, he saw the system from the inside and yes. he came out with the truth of God. Now, he... 
his writings are very Christian in nature, and, and you know, mm-hmm. he's, he seems to have been a believer. But mm-hmm. still, that truth permeates of what it means to be the individual. And Ayn Rand was just like that. What does it mean to be the individual? But now know? the problem is that many Christians think if we elevate the individual, we're somehow violating Christ. But that is not true in any way. No. Jesus was the one who says, whoever believes in me, in me, it's well, an individual well, well, It's an individual decision. You nobody can be baptized for you, contrary Amen. to what some church's tradition yeah, is. Dude. Um, only you can decide for Christ. Dude, and every, only the individual. Yeah, in every single analogy, like he goes to the rich young ruler. Why one person? You know, as That's an right. analogy. Yeah, uh, the, very one. The, the the man that was in Abraham's bosom. Yes. Why, one analogy. If you look at uh, 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 the the parable of the talents, three men. One was. Uh, slothful, he said. See how he works in individualism, but everybody following him is like a, a, a it's a conglomerate. So I'm going to stand before God on my own for my own accountability. Amen. Yeah. As every man will and woman. Absolutely. Yeah, each each man is the collective can't save you. That's right. Exactly. The collective. That's that's. Thank you. That's the problem with Marxism. The collective can't save you. And, and free will is it at its core an individual movement, right? Free will. And and we're going to wrap this up. I got. I got cool. one cool. last quote that I want to read that, that kind of connects to that. So uh, where is it? Do, 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 do. Okay. Marx. So while this is what I wrote, while guys such as Locke viewed the individual as the foundational piece of the structure, right? The individual was, was the smallest piece of the structure. Marx began with the totality of social relations, True. labor, language, and all which constitute our human existence, right? So Marx saw the social relationship, which is a community, it's not the individual, it's how they relate to each other that, that is the foundation. When yeah. you start not from the individual, but you start from the relationship yeah. between everybody, all of a sudden you decide, well, this individual is not building the correct relationship, so let's get rid of him to to coalesce the relationship between everybody. The individual's expendable. Exactly. exactly. So on that, guys, um, any other comments we need to hit? No, man. I think everybody's comments was good. Uh, if if, uh, if if you can say, or if you could see that that we we're, we're hitting the, the 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 topics that are necessary because these are foundational topics. Mm-hmm. Notice we're not hitting popular topics for the sake of hitting those. We're going right back to the foundation of what the republic truly is, right? And next week we're going to be talking about the church's response to Marxism, why it's so important to study and show yourself approved to God. You have to know the truth. Right, we talk about this all the time. This is why it's good to join a Bible study. Yeah, you need to know. You right, need to it's know really this stuff. a good yeah. one that's scriptural. Right. So, anyways, guys, uh, go to theselfevidenttruth.com if you want to support your boys. We need your help um, to get this message out there. Share this video with those Please who you share, know share. need it. Wait, and, go ahead. Sorry, let's do a share spam right now. Everybody, share spam. if you're still share watching, spam. share spam. Press share. Press, Press share like, because comment. we need to get this out there, guys. This isn't just to get a video out there. Do you think we care? about no we just want the information to get out there likes happen that's cool but unpopular information is becoming popular now mm-hmm. right and people are finding out truth and they're starting to wake up if you think that the media is right keep watching yeah. the reason why they have to keep promulgating this division stuff is because it's not truly there i believe yeah it's not truly it, there they're fomenting it absolutely absolutely they're fomenting it because they want to push forth the marxism idea right yeah and Anyways. and it, and anyways, again, go to theselfevidenttruth.com. Get yourself a nice hat. Get yourself a nice shirt. You guys can buy something. Helps us uh, keep going with our thing. Because we're capitalists. Because we are. Straight <laughs> up. We're all about ourselves. <laughs> that's all we a, wanted you to learn. Ending. That's all we wanted you to learn in this whole podcast. It's all about us. It's all about us. We're all selfish and stuff. I'm kidding. Guys, we love you so much. Thanks for all the shares, the love, the support, all the messages. We get them. We're trying to respond to everyone as much as we can, but we love you guys. Thank you so much for tuning in. We will see you uh, this Thursday at 7. You're going to be doing this one. Yeah, it's Yes, me God now. is good. And then Sunday, we'll see you back at 7 o'clock where Paul will be again. And what's the church's response to Marxism? We love you guys. God bless you. We'll see you soon. All right. Love you guys. Bam.